Welcome to Impact Audio. I'm Rachel Mindell. This episode is drawn from a webinar submittable hosted on the evolution of corporate social responsibility, or CSR. If you're new to CSR, the term refers broadly to the business strategies a company undertakes in an effort to improve its environmental and social impact. Today, you'll hear from Mark Horoshowski and Louise Bleach. Mark Horoshowski is the CEO at Moving Worlds, a social enterprise that helps companies scale their social impact programs by engaging employees. He also lectures on CSR at University of Washington Tacoma. Louise Bleach is the development and impact lead at Desalinator, an organization focused on an evolution in water purification powered by the photons of the sun. She's responsible for driving the life cycle of Desalinator's high impact projects. One starting point for this conversation between Mark and Louise was a report Moving Worlds released in spring of 2021 based on interviews with over 50 CSR leaders, as well as 25 other corporate, impact investing, social enterprise, and government leaders. Here's Mark discussing why he believes and why research supports the need for corporations to really engage with social impact. Why do companies need a step change, right? They exist for to create wealth for shareholders, why would they care? And the research shows us this from Deloitte, that there's five reasons that businesses financially benefit from engaging in social impact projects, right? It creates new market opportunities, it improves relationships with, with government and regulators, it helps inspire, attract, and retain the top talent, increases value with key stakeholders, things like suppliers or distributors, and it helps build sustainable supply chains. So there's actually a lot of economic incentive for companies to make these investments. At Moving World side, we look at this and say, okay, if companies are going to invest, how much money are we talking about, right? Like how big is this investment going to be? Every year, just in small business transactions, right? So think like international corporations hiring like a, a, a food vendor or a travel planner or um, uh, you know, some supplies that are going to end in their supply chain. Over $12 trillion changes hands every year just in these small businesses. And this is a massive amount of money, right? $150 billion is the amount of money that all governments spend on aid. $790 billion is the amount of all impact investment capital currently under management. So not what's deployed every year, but just like all impact investment dollars. So the amount of transactions that we're spending every year uh, dwarf really philanthropy and impact investing. And so often it's depleting the environment and it's propagating inequalities. And what we're trying to, to see is like, is corporate social responsibility going to stay as a philanthropic endeavor or is it going to move and really try and address root cause issues of environmental lack of sustainability and inequalities? And so to just kind of make this a little bit more real, and I'm based in Seattle, so we can't have a presentation without talking about coffee. But if you imagine a cup of coffee that you buy in a, in a coffee shop, 90% of that transaction cost will then ripple through your supply chain, right? It's going to go through distributors, big and small packagers, cross-ocean shipping uh, organizations. It will also go to manufacturing organizations and coffee case Roast, roasters, right? Um, then of course there's processing, right? Sometimes these are these are smaller businesses, sometimes they're large. And then of course there's sourcing. And oftentimes stretching across all of these are some type of supply chain uh, efficacy or certification group. So if we look at this supply chain, 
this can never be sustainable and equitable, right? Coffee, uh, Starbucks can never serve you a sustainable cup of coffee until every small business along this company is also sustainable and equitable. Luis's work with Desalinator is especially relevant here. Specifically, the partnership between Desalinator and Carlsberg Beer is a great example of a corporation pursuing CSR by partnering with a social enterprise. But first, what is social enterprise? According to Moving Worlds, a social enterprise is not a thing. It's a way of operating. Social enterprises can exist as nonprofits, businesses, advocacy groups, and even governmental organizations. Simply stated, it's a way of creating a sustainable impact using a market-driven approach. So just as a quick introduction, so Desalinator is a clean tech company. We specialize in water, uh, specifically the toughest, most challenging types of water that you can find on this planet. And our goal is to really shift the way that water is purified and produced today. Um, and to do so in a more equitable and also environmentally friendly manner. But what on earth does desalination and water technology have to do with beer? Well, it turns out actually everything. I mean, beer, as well as, you know, the laptop that I'm speaking on today, the jeans that I'm wearing for this call, every single service item that we encounter on a daily basis has a water footprint. Um, similar to how people are starting to wake up to the carbon footprint of our food, of our transport, every single process and item in daily life has a water footprint. For beer, it takes about seven gallons of water to produce one gallon of beer. Now this is through the entire process. So you're thinking about the water used in the agricultural process to grow the hops, um, the actual fermentation, the manufacturing, and then also the bottling and the transport. So without water, there is no beer. So for a company like Carlsberg, water is a critical component um, to their business and to what they try to do. And although Carlsberg, you may just know them as a small beer company, they actually have global operations. And I think last year made about 1.2 billion uh, in revenue annually. So pretty, pretty significant company with pretty complex supply chains. But they are also operating in challenging circumstances. So to give you an example of the area where we're working um, with them is India. They have about eight breweries there. It's their largest growing market in Asia, but it's also one of the places that has the most extreme um, water challenges. So you can imagine working in a business like that um, where you're in an environment where one of your critical components is essentially at risk, you need to start to get very strategic around your approach to it. So how does water actually fit into the business such as Carlsberg? Well, from an operational perspective, it represents a huge operational risk, which obviously affects their profit. But also the way that they handle their water and treat their water has planetary impact. If they're working somewhere where there's huge amounts of water scarcity, you can imagine that taking water into their operations is only going to further affect aquifer drainage, freshwater depletion, and they also have to be very careful around what kind of pollution they're putting back into the waterways. So there's a profit component, a planet component, but also there's a people component. And this is where this sort of CSR approach comes in. Next, you hear Louise describe a partnership project between Desalinator and Carlsberg Beer, 
linked to their brewery in West Bengal. So Carlsberg is working with us to essentially install one of our plants, which is going to provide um, water for an entire village of up to 8,000 people. Um, what we've done, especially for this, is we've worked with the Carlsberg Group, but also bringing on one an NGO partner called WaterAid to essentially make sure that we've got all of the processes and systems in place so that it's a system that really lasts and we're designing for longevity. So we, so all of the women in the community are the ones that distribute the water. Um, we've been involved with the local government. So the asset actually hands over to them. And after a year, the community will actually own this water. So they will be in control of their own water production. Um, this was completely funded by Carlsberg and also with some grant money um, from the Dutch government to see how these initiatives could start to work with corporates where they're working in areas of really complex water stress. I really appreciate that throughout this conversation, Mark and Louise continually step back and ask big questions like this one from Louise. So why does this why does this actually matter? Um, Carlsberg isn't the only company that's working in, in an industry where water is a critical component to their business. Now, the UN estimates that by 2030, there's going to be a 40% deficit in fresh water. Now, what are what is the role of corporates in making sure that that number never happens? Well, here's another pretty interesting stat. 10 of the largest companies in the world control a third one third of the world's fresh water. So when I said control is probably a little bit of a controversial word, but it's that's the amount of water that they use across the entirety of their operations. So when you start to talk about, you know, CSR, and I think people, people are still stuck in the past thinking that CSR is just a box to be ticked or a corporate giving money to a charity, but it's actually now so much more. It's about engaging with the challenges that you face by simply working and operating in the world. And you can imagine if those 10 companies, you know, stood up and took a stance of how they were going to change their water use, how that would actually be able to affect such a global statistics. So I think when we talk about CSR, we actually have to ask the question of what does it actually mean to be a corporate in the 21st century. I asked them, if an organization is just getting started in CSR, what should they consider? I think for CSR, it's important to really be strategic about where you're focusing your capital, your resources, why you're doing it, you know, what is the motivation, what is the rationale, what is the strategy, and then you can go into the how. Um, I think it's really important that, and I think now more than ever, to prove the fact that you can do well by doing good. And if you invest your time, your money and resources into things which seem like community projects or sustainability projects, you can actually show that it starts to have beneficial impact on the business that you can show that it's not just a moral question, it's actually an economic one. And I think if we can prove the economics of CSR, if we can prove the economics and business benefit of doing these responsible actions as a corporate, then that's when you can really start to scale these initiatives. So I think having a deep understanding of your business and being strategic in where you focus is 
probably where I would say to start. That really, really resonates with me, right? I think um, in our research, we talked to one company who was um, a high-tech business-to-business product, and they had a CSR program, right? Um, and one of the things that they were doing was was help support a, um, a, a very kind of impoverished school in, in Northern India. And um, when we were asking, like, why, like, wh- what's, the, what's the connection, right? Um, and it was because the CEO had some, you know, personal reason for doing that. And, um, you know, the fear that the CSR leader had was that the, that CEO's interests will change. And when it does, this school has become very reliant on us. Um, and, and I think that that's the, that's kind of that older model, right, that, that Luis has talked about, right. And, and so now our conversations with companies, like what we do is like, we literally start with like, what is your business strategy? What are you currently doing and what are your goals by, you know, pick your, pick your timeline, right? Not, you can't talk about 2022 anymore. It's probably 2025, right? A little bit of a longer horizon. Um, and then what are you best in the world at, right? And then actually look at what are, as a company, are we best in the world at? So as an example, we're doing this with a, with a, with a high-tech consulting company, right? What they're best in the world at is, yes, tech implementations, but they're also really great at other things, like training people out of college to be highly technical proficient in a very short amount of time, right? So what is the company best in the world at? And then looking at the sustainable development goals, right? Luis and I both both spoke about that and saying, of these sustainable development goals, if you click under the 17, there's 169 targets. And saying, of these 169 targets, which ones can we actually impact? If you enjoyed these excerpts, please check out the links in our episode notes including the full video conversation between Louise and Mark, and a recent blog that Mark and three other thought leaders contributed to about social impact strategy. Thank you for joining us. Impact Audio is edited and produced by Jordan Marvin and our crew at Submittable. Submittable is a cloud-based social impact platform designed to help your team make better decisions and have a bigger impact. We'd love to partner with you to maximize social good and create lasting change through smarter technology. Find out more at submittable.com. And until next time, take good care.